This week's episode is brought to you by Ad Trend Outdoor. They are the largest locally owned outdoor advertising company in Kansas City. If you're thinking about a way to promote your business, buy local. You'll speak to the same person throughout your campaign. In addition to billboards, they do banner printing and mobile billboard trailers, plus those cool inflatables you see on top of buildings. Their boards stretch all the way from St. Joseph to Harrisonville and Edgerton, and they're always looking for new locations. Billboard campaigns come in a variety of terms, with options fitting all types of budgets. NSOs use them for our billboard, and they're fantastic. If you'd like more information, call 816-283-0600, or visit them online at ad-trend.com. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Arts and KC podcast presented by the Northland Symphony and brought to you by uh, Trend Outdoor. I'm John Coster. This is Jim Murray. Hey everybody. We are back. Back again. So soon. I know. I, I think the, the long holiday break and now we're doing these. Yes. <laughs> now we're back to doing these in normal. I feel like we're seeing a lot more of you than I yes. want to. Yes. Um, but <laughs> if you like seeing Jim, then you have the opportunity <laughs> to do so. Uh, February 17th. That's right. Um, our next concert is February 17th at Pine Ridge Presbyterian Church. It is a Saturday night, and it is at 730. It is, of course, free. And we'll be featuring a super cool work that's not done nearly enough, the Concerto Grosso for Strings and Piano by Ernest Block. And then uh, we'll be featuring our wonderful principal clarinetist, Cindy Savela, on the Mozart Clarinet Concerto as she's going to be retiring at the end of the season. Uh, so I think it'll be a great program, fun night. Come out and see us February 17th, 730 Pine Ridge, Presbyterian Church, right across from Park Hill High School at Barry and Congress Roads, right by Zona Rosa. Absolutely. Um, what do you want to talk about today, Jim? I believe we're talking about the Super Bowl halftime show. I think that's what we promised people. We did. I, I feel like we're we're getting a little bit out of our we're, we're expanding our jurisdiction in what we talk about. Well, we are. You know, I think. Um, well, as as we as we evolve, yes. I think I think <laughs> as <it's>, podcasters, <laughs> that's right. As as podcast experts, <laughs> um, I think it's. Uh, I like the idea of talking about stuff that's more, you know, that's not necessarily well, timeless, that's more time-specific, you know, specific also, to the, the time. who's going to talk about this? That's right, if that's, not us. Right, and I think yeah. we're trying to find things to talk about that people are really interested in hearing about that a lot of people don't talk about. That's right. That's related actually, to music. You should, you should, you should add a, a tiny disclaimer to that to say, who's going to talk about this that knows what the hell they're talking about? Because there's a bunch of people that will talk about Super Bowl halftime. That's true. In the context of, oh, it was great, or oh, right. that was terrible, depending pretty much on their generation. And... That doesn't help anybody. So we're going to get a little bit more. Are you saying that we actually know something about this? I say we know we more we, than your average uh, Facebook complainer. How about that? <laughs> it's a pretty low bar, but I'll take That's, it. You know what? We like to set them low and clear them high, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. So if you want to see if we trip over that low bar, <laughs> join us right back after the break. All right, welcome back, and let's uh, let's dive right in. All right, well, when we think about sports events in general, and specifically the Super Bowl, and we talk about the music therein, um, one of the things that we probably should mention is the national anthem. Yes. And um, you know, my as a as a performing musician who many many times in my career is responsible for rendering the national anthem with my organizations, right. I feel uh, that it is my responsibility to. I think anytime anybody presents the national anthem, whether you're a singer or playing an orchestra or a band, 
you know, you're leading, you're leading the audience in song. And so I, I believe that you don't mess around with that, that you should play it in a way that people can sing along with. You know, it is, I mean, we have, admittedly, we have a very hard national anthem to sing. It has a huge range. But that doesn't matter. Yeah, I've heard um, I've heard this, but most people yeah. aren't good enough singers to. Well, to, like, but I'm not I'm not saying that that's yeah. justification right, right, right. for anything. Like, I, saying, I hate seeing that, like for my smug that, my smug like <laughs> like uh, you know college just because it's hard. Brands. Just because it's yeah. just because it's hard. We should change it, and make it easier. Oh no, like, no, I'm not saying that. Um, just because it it has a huge range, and that doesn't justify what I would call um, presenting it as a solo. Um, and yeah, when correct. singers present it as a solo, they take all kinds of liberties with it and they do things that makes it basically difficult to sing along. So instead of leading an audience in singing the national anthem, the audience stops singing and they listen to you. And sadly, I think that's what it's turned into quite a bit. And, you know, it, it there's four verses to it. It's, it is like a hymn. That's what right. it is. Right. And it's meant for group singing. And if you're asked to play it in an orchestra or sing it as a soloist... I think your job. I think the. I think the appropriate mindset is that you're leading the people in song, right. and you're not if, a soloist. As we just did in our Christmas concert, an audience single, mm-hmm. and you would not take up on the housetop <laughs> and just randomly right. sing it in a completely different way and expect anybody to be able to sing along with you. Right. And and I think that's part of the problem is that they don't really want people to sing along with them. The people that really like it, it is yeah. a, especially in the Super Bowl context, it's become a well, it's performance that, that's as what opposed it's become. to a Yeah, there's no a national make moment no misrepresentation of, about right. it. If you're asked they're going to ask big name artists to do it because it is a performance in the national anthem and it's not a communal singing event, which is what it's designed to be in my opinion. I would agree. Just for so when uh, you know, almost always take the over <laughs> when when you if you're joining one of those prop bets and they say like is you know, almost always take the over. Um, the national anthem, if you were if I don't know, say a military band was to play, it's about a minute and fifteen seconds. Yeah. That gives you an idea of just how much this gets stretched. Yeah. Um, when when that happens, and in the length of time that many soloists take to sing the national anthem, you could sing all four verses. Probably so. Probably so, yeah. and and you'd probably sing them more on key because half the time the, so, the yeah. soloists get up there and they do all this stuff where they're moving notes yeah, around. Yeah. All of a sudden and they, they can't land back, back up. They can't yeah. come back to yeah. the key. Yeah. Anyways, we we digress. Well, and, as uh, a side note to that, if you're bored and you want some fun, just Google national anthem bloopers uh, and just look it up on YouTube. You'll hours yeah. of people's. You know, maybe you know if you don't have accompaniment and you don't know where you're starting, you'll start too high. You start too low. Um, you forget the words. Now it's different when a fifteen-year-old right. is singing at a high school basketball game and forgets the words. It's a lot more enjoyable when the highly paid superstar forgets the words and they're all around you in the stadium, <laughs> and you just need to open your eyes and look at them. Right. So there's, you know, there's some context for it. That's but, right. That's right. And, and but know, if you just sing it straight, it's great. Yeah. And if you're one of those weirdos that thinks that our national anthem could be improved upon or is better. Go Google other national anthems. Now, there are good ones out there. I mean, Britain's doesn't count because that one's going away as soon as the Queen dies. So, <laughs> and the German one's good. Russian is maybe my favorite other than American. I cannot believe you have the knowledge of the national anthems around the world that you're Do you not watch the Olympics? I do. Like, France is pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. But there are some, there are some crapolas out yeah. there. Um, it's, so, not, it's not about whether the range is too big or, the, or whether you – the har- it, it's about when it was written – 
what it was written for, and for good or for bad, it is our national anthem, right. and it is a communal singing event. America. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, off of our high horse now, and back down. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We're gonna <laughs> I think we may stay up there for this. <laughs> All right. Halftime shows. So right. let's, let's get a couple of... Disclaimers out of the way. Entertainment spectacle. Entertainment spectacle. Not musical, not musical showcase. Yep. Um, and the other thing I'll talk about is as a as a marketing professional, this is an extremely hard thing to do. Which is to say, here is the culmination of the America's most popular sport, watched by the most people Correct. of any event in the world, and they care about the game. Like that's why they're watching and the commercials a little bit, but the yep. game, right? Right. And then at halftime, everyone's like, oh, finally, I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> and the sponsors are like, no, no, stay, right? right? Stay. We need to figure out a way to get you right. to stay, which is why it's now more of a spectacle yeah. and less of, you know, in the beginning, they were actually like marching bands. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and other crazy things yes. that <laughs> boggle the imagination. Um, but yes. now they have to be spectacles yes. because they have to... They have to keep you because that's where they're. That's this is expensive ad space. Yes. And if they co- if the ratings come back and their halftime show drops off, that translates into millions and millions and millions of dollars lost. Well, and for I the think NFL there's other factors here as well. If the first half ends in a blowout, and I mean that's also gonna people may not come back to watch the second half of the game, so you want to hold them through inter- uh, uh, halftime. And I also think that um, one of the things. So we're talking about what makes a good halftime show. About you know in this idea, you know. Part of what, particularly in the recent years, is part of this is the technical elements of it, pyrotechnic, the, the non-musical right. aspects, um, and all that has to be coordinated. It's, it's got to it's got to be a technical nightmare, actually. I would think. Oh yeah, um, and it's got to be timed, and the commercial breaks end here, and it's not like. Well, and everybody wants to one up everybody. That's right. Lady Gaga wants the, to jump off of that's right off of building. The expectations are, yeah, it's the expectation. And there's a and you talk about the you know we last episode we talked about film scores and a lot of times those musicians don't see the score yeah. or those parts until they walk in that day yeah. and they're like oh we're gonna play M five E one V one now yeah. and you're like okay I'll sight read that yeah. well the Super Bowl is the same way they spend a lot of time planning yeah but they don't get a lot of time in that stadium no they don't and and you know, if you have hundreds of children and all the volunteers moving sets and all that has to be timed appropriately right. and nobody can stand in front of the flamethrower at the wrong time and <laughs> right. and I mean it's it, well remember Katy Perry came in on some big contraption yeah, a few years ago got that, stuck or yeah, something got, well got stuck but then you know that's got to get in there somehow right. and then get built and then yeah. get unbuilt and then and the game's out. gonna start the right. second the, half's gonna start it's only like an extra five it's only yeah. 20 minutes yeah. which is a yeah. in the moment a scarily yeah. scarily short amount of time yeah um so there are a lot of, how should we say, external demands and pressures. Right. So we're not, we, I guess we're, what we're saying is, one, we probably would not be able to put on a perfect halftime show if the NFL tomorrow heard this podcast and was like, well, well, John and Jim know what they're talking that's, about. That's right. Put your money where your mouth is, guys. Uh, we, <laughs> no way. We, we understand yeah, yeah. that we're, some, we're, we're criticizing a, a very difficult thing a little bit. And, and right. we're not only, it's not only going to be criticism by any means, but right. we, we but understand I, that this is a difficult yes. task. And there's a level of complexity in this that goes beyond even an arena concert right. or and a And that you can't concert. please everybody. That, that's right. That's, I mean, this Much is, like our podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's definitely right. Um, yeah, this, is, this, is a, this is something where... You have because it's when you have this many people watching something. Yeah, how do you find an artist that unifies? We are so diversified right now in the American public about what we listen to. Like, there's to find an artist that remotely, which is why you've noticed they tend to kind of pair three or four together. Right. 
I think that's smart. It is. You know, I always tell my classes, you know, uh, back when Glenn Miller and the Big Band era was going on, of course, the war was that unifying element, right? Like, like 85% of Americans owned a Glenn Miller album. Show me an artist today that can claim 10% of the American. Like, we, there's yeah. just, we're not going to get those numbers. So right. how do you manage that? Right. Yeah. So a lot, lot of problems going in. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and this is bemoaning nothing of the fact that the Chiefs aren't going to be in this year, which I'm still depressed about. So It's okay, John. You'll work through it. Uh, that was a tough one. Live to um, fight another day. Yeah. Um, so, so how does, so speaking of that first part, right, so how, you know, when the NFL goes about choosing talent, <laughs> which I would also, again, not want to be in, have any part of. Um, I'm sure they have some type of criteria list. Well, they, they do they to a degree. Check. I mean, I'm sure they have they have certain people, you know. Popularity. Popularity, probably albums sold, yeah. because then you know that there's a certain amount of familiarity. It's not normally new people. It's normally people that have been around for a while. Exactly. Yeah, very rarely. Appeal that. to multiple demogra- age groups. Yeah, see, and I thought for that reason, Coldplay was kind of an odd yep. choice. Um, yep. I thought their show was okay. Yep. Um, you know, my I thought it was okay. I'm not a big Coldplay fan. Right. And I think that's part of it. I think, you know, for me, the best shows have been, like, Bruno Mars is probably my favorite show but, of the last five to But ten here's years. what's interesting about the Super Bowl and, like, a show like that. Because in a way, you can say that the Super Bowl is, like, a giant microscope for these performers. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, I always ask my students in class what they like and listen to and all that stuff. And this fall, I had a, a student who said his favorite performer was Kendrick Lamar. But he'd been to two concerts recently, Kendrick Lamar and Bruno Mars at the Sprint Center. So I said, what was the better concert? He's like, Bruno Mars, hands down. Just a better entertainer. So yeah. even though it wasn't his favorite performer, he could recognize that that guy's really good yeah. at doing, like, the arena show. So it would make sense to me that that would translate well in the right. big and, environment. And I like Bruno Mars' music, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that was it was enjoyable. I think, though, yeah. that, you know, there's performers, some performers that come on, and Coldplay was one of them, and not that their message was controversial, but so, some of these performers come on, and they want to use the platform, right? And yeah. you use it to say, and it's usually like you know, a message of inclusiveness right, or right, love right. or whatever it was. But, you, and, but whenever you try to do that, you, you're already you, you already you're already dealing. Even if you're you two that comes on to perform, you're already dealing with people talk that about don't you like, in a minute that don't like you, right? Or that are expecting right. something bad. And it's like when Bruno Mars came on. It was. It should for, be fun for fifteen minutes or whatever long it was. It was fun. just high energy, awesome, and it was like you just felt good. At well, the and end. I think the problem with didn't say anything. like a group like Coldplay or I mean, I even go, man, I'd even say like the Stones, the Rolling Stones, to a certain point, is you just can't stand and play. Right. You can't treat this like a normal gig where you're going to stand, move around a little bit. You it it is far too visual for that. Right. Because otherwise, then you're forcing the producers. To try to in, do up with something. To yeah. put in crap. And what yeah. ends up happening is you have a bunch of volunteer dancers yeah. Yeah. playing with flags yeah. or yeah. pom-poms or they're doing crappy choreographed dances right. that they... That they didn't practice because they had one rehearsal when everybody could and, be there on Saturday and morning. And where do you practice when you're a football right. field full of dancers right. on, around an octopus-shaped stage or whatever? <laughs> like, so, like, so, I mean, there's there's just... Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. You can't... You, you, you have to... The performer has to just be enough. Like Michael Jackson... Yes, was enough. Or Prince. Right, Prince was enough. enough. Correct. Um, so but there are such a, a few part. people who can occupy 
that level. Yeah. I think Justin Timberlake, who he might, this he is his like second be, time. This right? is his second time. Hopefully, no wardrobe right. malfunctions. I think this time. I, he may be approaching that level of being enough, which is saying something considering he doesn't play anything. That's true. Um, and, and obviously, Michael Jackson really didn't either. Right. Um, but you know, Prince did. Bruno yeah. Mars typically does, yeah. um, and that helps when you're able yeah. to like play the guitar, yeah, throw no, it away, yeah. and then go stand over by the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that that helps. Yeah. But you know, Justin, I think, can over can overcome that I would expect with Justin we'll probably because see of the some, dancing yeah I think with Justin we'll probably ex- I would be surprised if we didn't see some in sync people yeah I would yeah. I'd be surprised if we yeah. didn't see that reunion. there might be some surprises in there yeah I mean I yeah. think we'll see several people obviously yeah. but I think I would be surprised if we didn't see them yeah. but um, I also think that that's but I mean part of the design of it is getting people from multiple you know right stacking the cast so to speak Right, getting the, getting the egos to share <coughs> the stage. That's right, um, which makes sense. So, but I do think that there are times. There's there's a couple times when an event like that can. I, mean, I don't want to make it sound too lofty, but I think it works. I think it works best on one or two levels when it's just entertain. What it what it's when the performer realizes what it's supposed to be, <laughs> and works into that. Um, but the other time, so my we were talking about like one of the things John asked me was like you know favorite Super Bowl or whatever. So I kind of had to kind of refresh my memory on some of this stuff. But um, here's when I think it worked really really well, and that is with U two, which you mentioned. But it's the two thousand two Super Bowl, so it was big U two homer. Well, so, surprise surprise. Well, but here's the thing though, it was like three or four months after September eleventh, and so even the NFL was like, what are we going to do? You can't celebrate, right? And so you know the one of the NFL guys happened to see a U two show and. Um, in Madison Square Garden, and they had a lot of debate within the NFL about, you know, do we even have a rock band? Um, or, you know, they're not from America. Or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, But, you know, for their strengths and their weaknesses, um, it's funny because the NFL has kind of gone back. Like, U2 kind of can serve this role. And so they did um, what they do. They did Beautiful, I think, Beautiful Day, and then they did a very, like, toned-down MLK, which is the Martin Luther King one, and then they did Where the Streets Have No Name, but they projected all of the victims' names, you know? So it was, like, a very cathartic thing and very appropriate for that moment. And I think at that point, when you can kind of have that catharsis and kind of the culture, like, it's a a bigger awareness. And and you have, in that context, you have to be a U2 to pull that off. Like, you have to be so big that if this goes wrong, it's okay. Right. (laughs) Like, you're not going to be, like, shifted to the corner. And so um, I was kind of confused on this. I was like, I remembered them in New Orleans, but what they did was the first home game that the Saints played after Katrina, Uh it was the edge from U2 is, like, raising a bunch of money, got Green Day, then they got you two, and they did you know the Saints or whatever, and it was that same you know it's that it's the same dynamic yeah. that works really really well. So I think that it's pretty you know that's obviously situational dependent about what's going on in around that environment, but it can be um, pretty um, cathartic. Now I think I think when it goes really bad, um, and I know that this is a marketing thing, um, and you know, the artists that are chosen in addition to having to be a big name and going to all that probably or as, as most people know they don't get paid right so they don't get they don't get they don't get direct right <laughs> directly paid right or if they do it's like a dollar right, right, they get, right. They, so, they, so yeah. there's a contract in place right. there's a contract in place but there are financial out, benefits yeah. that come later but i think right um justin timberlake's about to release a new album what for example. what a coincidence <laughs> and bruno John? mars did right no. after his too no it was it was uh. amazing and i bought it because he saw a Super Bowl. So it worked exactly it's as it was supposed to work. I, I'm not ashamed to admit, marketing works on me all the time. But there, And you're a marketing professional, right. and you know you're being manipulated, I, I and you do it. I know, and I just say, 
Good Bra- job. Bravo. Take my Bravo. money. Take Good my job. Money, yeah. But I think like what we what you see like there are times when it is so outright commercialized, right. or like this is like the right, that's the thing too. The sponsors got to approve it too. Right, so yeah. Pepsi, which I think is sponsoring yeah, so, yeah. this they have to approve Justin Timberlake right, too. Yeah. And usually, you know, if it's Justin, it's not a big deal. I would right. imagine Coldplay might have been a harder sell, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So it's like it, just another layer of difficulty right. when you're, you know, if, if the if if the CEO right. of Pepsi yeah. is a you know hated in sync because it you know <laughs> it ruined it his ruined life his as a daughter, child yeah, yeah. you know that, when they broke up <laughs> when they broke up my daughter was so upset um, Backstreet Boys are nobody yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh um, but I mean I think like so when I was reviewing the list of Super Bowl shows there was a whole stream that was like when it was held in Minnesota like they used it as a tourism promotion for Minnesota you know or. Disney like promoting an yet to unknown musical with music they didn't people didn't know and I think when it's I mean I think there's obviously always covert marketing going on but when it was like just flat out yeah basically a 15 minute long commercial people were not having that right and and that's why I think we moved away from that yeah I would agree and I'd be interested to see because it is in Minnesota this year, this year yeah and it's that means it's domed yeah. um and it's but it's brand new fan, you know phenomenal facility I'll be interested yeah. to see I think. As we move forward in these, you know, artists notwithstanding, right. I think the the technology that's coming about that's kind of found oh, its yeah. way into the entertainment. You know, a lot of this yeah. stuff gets developed and then eventually it gets moved into stupid things like choreographed drones that have lights on them. For Doesn't it know, all come from NASA, like Tang? Event, eventually, yeah, exactly. That's where it all starts, or the military, right? Choreographed that's drones right. to drop bombs and then we <laughs> use them for a like show. show. Yeah. <laughs> So I think, but as that, you know, which is is a remarkable how times change. When I was when I read this article about U two in two thousand two, their big concern was to find enough generators, like actual generators, to create the power they needed to project the names on this giant piece of fabric. And they basically told the person, "You're going to have to figure this out." So now (laughs) we're so far afield from just finding the requisite number of electricity power generators. Well, that happened. Was it in? it happened in New Orleans. Um, I'm trying to remember what the game was. I don't think it was the Super Bowl. Yeah. It might have been the Super they Bowl. Had a power outage. It was. It was. But it was during play. It wasn't during yeah. halftime. But they had talked about. I think that you know it had to do with all the crap they brought in for the halftime show that might yeah. have like overloaded a circuit. Oh or sure. Yeah. And it was only out for like ten minutes. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> um, but yeah. But I mean, it is interesting that they commit to keeping the super the, the halftime show. I mean, if you think about how much sports data we get and all this stuff, and they could easily fill that time with breaking down every play in the first half and all that stuff, they could use it in different ways. That, To be honest, I mean, even though the artist doesn't get paid, they have to incur some expense for right. the setup well, and, and all There is some stuff. marketing reason for that. So, like, because all those pregame shows are breaking down this, breaking right, down yes, that, and you can, make, you can make the argument. So, in, in most households, from a marketing standpoint, the female if there's a female in the household is typically responsible for a lot of the buying decisions yep. that you see ads for in the Super Bowl. Right. And so that's why a lot of this stuff tends to be skewed towards keeping the female at the couch right. versus, you know, right. her one or not. There's a reason why the Budweiser commercial will always have the horses and the dog and the, as exactly. opposed to the guys in the bar or whatever traditional right. Budweiser exactly. commercial. So if you put, if, so yeah. if you put announces on a halftime show, that's it. Gone, That's right? That is At correct. least, you that know, and I'm correct. not saying it wasn't like football. You right now, we're, we're talking yes. on averages, yes. right, for marketing purposes. And he, he, ha- he has the data. He This is his yes. business. Yes. So that's, but that's, so, but, so to your point, though, if you were to take the, the pageantry of, of the halftime yeah. show and push it to the pregame show, for example, yeah. then you lose a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. And the, so it's just this very, like, but I, I do think, though, that, you know, the NFL is called a copycat league from a team standpoint. So, if it, you know, if a team, 
puts yeah. in a new play that works all of a sudden you're going to see a lot of you know, the, when you have a ship that's there's as some, big as the there's NFL some is, to pop music like that. Right. Well, <laughs> you have a, a ship as big yeah. as the NFL is. That's a scary ship to try to turn. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an eighteen wheeler. Yeah. It's not the sports car. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah so I'll be interested. You know, what, what we see. I think Justin will be fine. I don't yeah. think. I don't think he's a be, good. He's a veteran performer. He. I think he knows what. I mean. I, yeah. I think he's gonna be great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be. If you if you're into his music, you'll yeah. like it. If you hate his music, you'll go still get a beer. And the dancing will still be spectacular, probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Justin knows the game. He's yes. Um, there'll be something that's unexpected, yeah. and that's yeah. really all you want is yeah. from song to song. Keep yeah. me like, yeah. I don't want to, you know. Well, you know, let me let me pull this let me pull this full circle because when Haydn, <laughs> <laughs> when Haydn wrote his last twelve symphonies in London, my head's on a desk right now <laughs> in case you can't see it. When Haydn wrote his last twelve symphonies for London, each one had a gimmick. Do you know why? Why he wanted people to talk about it the next day. That's what the Super Bowl show is about. Right. That's what Justin wants. Oh yeah. Is so if you missed it, someone's gonna be like, "Did you see Justin Timberlake yesterday?" No, I totally missed it. What happened? And then yeah, whatever he ripped someone's shirt off, yeah, or what, <laughs> whatever big surprise, <laughs> right. right, is gonna do. And that's what right. it's about. And that's you know at at its core, I mean, that's it. Yeah. Buzz. People talking. And, and about imagine. You. I mean, it's, it was almost 15 years ago that he did that, which is yeah. shocking yeah. considering Justin Timberlake yep. and how he doesn't look any older. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you think about like how long it took him to get back to mm-hmm. this point, for, yeah. you know, theoretically, as as you know, I'm surprised NFL let him back at all. Yeah. Really, as right. as, uh, as quote unquote upset as they were over well, that whole, whatever. you know, that that's whole a whole thing. other issue. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we've. I think that's enough on that. Um, right. Well, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll come back and touch a little, base. At least a little review, right, well, of the we'll, halftime show. Right, we'll, we'll touch base on the next episode, maybe, and, and review the yeah. review the, the, the halftime show. show and see how it went. So, uh, if you have any additional questions or thoughts on halftime shows, or you want to know, uh, let us know what your favorites are. Yeah. I'd like I'd like to know, um, or who you think should do it um, for 2019. Yeah, well, that's we'll, a debate, right? Well, yeah, we'll set up a petition. Oh, Jim and John, <laughs> Jim and John's Super Bowl halftime half show. <laughs> All right. Great. You're on drums. I'm on clarinet. What do we got? Oh, my God. We'll be right back. (laughs) All right. Welcome back. Uh, The NFL did not call us during the break. So stay tuned. Um, So no Super Bowl picks, but KC picks. Even, even better. Even better. Even better. What is your event, Jim? Oh, my event. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things, I mean, Arts and Casey, you know, obviously there's so many amazing things going on every month in this city. And even if we were going to try to cover everything, there's no way that we could do it. You know, great orchestra concerts and choral performances and ballet and drama and all, it's, the list goes on. So I'm, I'm, I am going to pick an event. That's out of that world because it's, it's substantial, I think, for other reasons. And that is uh, the recital by Mitsuku Uchida. Um, she is a pianist. She is appearing here with the Harriman Jewel Series. It's on February 16th at the Folly. Um, she is probably nearly 70. Uh, this is a pianist who I kind of grew up with, um, along with like Alfred Brendel and some other ones. Uh, great recording artist, legendary, really legendary piano player. And she she came to fame with like really just sophisticated and amazing Mozart interpretations. Um, but I reason why I highlight this recital is um, at 70, I'm not sure how many more chances you're right. going to have to hear her live. Right. And, 
as proponents that live music is always better than recorded music, um, or at least a better experience, a different experience, um, I wanted to mention this to our listeners as a chance to hear really w- someone who's going to be revered as one of the 20th century's greatest pianists. Um, and this program is actually all Schubert, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it's Schubert Piano Works, but even before I picked this this recital highlight, I've always actually been kind of a fan of the Schubert Piano Works, and they're a lot more interesting than you would think. Like, I just wouldn't think I'd be saying, I like Schubert Piano Sonatas. <laughs> right. I'm an orchestral dude, right? But they're actually really interesting pieces, and um, really, at this point, I mean, she could play anything, and it'd be worth hearing. Uh, so if you're, uh, if that uh, appeals to you, I would encourage you to see if, you know, get online, Herman Jewell, February 16th at the Folly, um, Mitsuko Uchida, great pianist. Excellent. Uh, mine probably should have been a pick for our last episode, mm. but because my last one was coming up, so my last yeah, event was. was like that weekend, yeah. I needed to flip them. Uh, but the Kansas City Symphony is doing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets they as are. part of their movie series. I thought you were going to bring that up maybe when we talked about movie. Well, that's why I said it should have been on the last right. one, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted to talk about Brian Regan because give people a chance, and I couldn't talk about him this I time. I think tickets are hard to come by for the Harry Potter I would weekend. imagine. Do you have tickets? No, Mr. Harry not. Potter Watch? I do not. No? Uh, do you wish you had tickets? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you know they're hard to come by? Well, I, I no, I, I, I've heard they're hard to come by. I haven't actually sought them out. Yep. I haven't seen one of these. I haven't ever been to a movie, one of these. Have you? I seen? haven't either, and I want it. There was one. My friend went to see. Usually uh, they're playing a movie I don't like. Yeah. Like, e- like I w- I'm not a fan of E.T. Right. or a lot of like the classics that they do. My friend went to see Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, yeah, I wouldn't have been. But I mean, he he had he'd gone, and I asked him like, "How cool was it?" And he's like, "It's actually really slick the way they do the technology, and and they pull the pull the score out of the movie, but the dialogue, you know." So I really want to see one of these, and I'd like to see a Harry Potter one. Right, right. And so I've, I, I mean, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I've seen the movies like one time. Um, I would, uh. I would. Put- <laughs> <laughs> Another day, Jim. Okay. Another day. Star Wars, yay! <laughs> and, and I think uh, that might have been what they... No, they did Star Trek. The one they did Star Trek. Trek. Yes, and I did. was... I couldn't go, and I was really disappointed. Because yeah. uh, that was a bit of a... My sense is the company one. that does this, or however they do it, it's kind of a limited catalog right now. I remember them doing The Matrix early on, and maybe Raiders, and I think they're just kind of adding a couple each year. And I think they're working their way through Harry Potter, obviously. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's obvious, you know, it's a very specific thing to do to yes. be able to do it in this context yes. live and so you can't every movie this does not work correct um, and it has to be you know short enough that it's right. not you know um, it's no gotta Lord, work no Lord of the Rings extended director's no. cut kind of thing Avatar right um, so anyways if you're playing Harry Potter like Jim uh, February 15th through the 18th and great for the kids yeah I'm sure there's some tickets available or secondary market stuff um, secondary market that's such a marketing term <laughs> Uh, scalpers, yeah, um, right, right. Well, I think secondary market because it's legitimized. Yeah, it's, the internet, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like, that's right, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I that's think a great the, pick. It's a, and it's great if if you're not necessarily super into going to maybe a straight up classical orchestra concert. This yeah. is a great uh, movie music is the way to get exactly. You. Yep. Or Christmas music, as was discussed in episode nine, <laughs> which will forever be John's favorite episode. Uh. You until know, we do Christmas, until we do Christmas music podcast number, the sequel next. That's December. right. Well, or Festivus. Well, yes, that we'll, could be. We'll, we'll have look. we'll have that discussion later. It's too soon. Too, too soon. soon. Um, okay, music. I'll go first. All right. Well, last week, last time I did uh, metal, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not 
not, I'm not doing more metal, but I'm not going back to classical either for this one. And this one's, per, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this song. It's new and it's out there right now. Um, <laughs> I don't like using these words. It's, so the song's called All Night, and it's by Big Boy, B-O-I, uh, formerly of Outcast. Okay. Okay, if you're familiar with I Outcast. I am familiar with Outcast. Um, and it's so good. <laughs> really? So Okay, so I am a big fan of um, happy, like, you know, walking down the street, kind of just with a, an extra bump in your step kind of songs that have no other value. And this <laughs> is one of those songs. Like, I have a whole pot, like a playlist on my phone that's just like Feel good, good, music. Mus- good, good mood good music. music. Yeah. Um, so, actually, I heard this song because Apple's using it in one of the commercials. Oh, and I bet I've seen it. Uh, you, you probably have. Um, and, at, and and my wife was like, oh, that's a really good song. What is it? So, looked it up, right. found it, and I was like, yeah, this is, this is a song that's going to stick with me. Um, so, it's really great. You find it on iTunes all over the place. Um, all Night by Big Boy. It's, uh, you know, I would say PG-13. Like, <laughs> I was like, where are you, know, you going with don't that? Don't just like, uh, you know, uh, I, but I won't play anything too bad here in this uh, short little clip for you. If it's all right. Well, 2018 marks the 100th anniversary of Leonard Bernstein's birth, yes. and the Kansas Jim's, Jim's a big fan girl of Bernstein. If you actually, we should we could, previous episodes. We could do yeah. We could we could even expand that more. But um, this Just do a solo episode. Of, yes, of on Jim, Leonard Bernstein. Jim in a really low, sultry voice. <laughs> Today, well, like today, today I'd like to talk about my favorite co- uh, director and composer, Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> today on Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> um, but um, since it's his centenary and Kansas City Symphony is doing some stuff, and it's just I've kind of been like, yeah, I need to get back to listening to some of the stuff that, that I got away from. So this is the first of many pieces of music by Leonard Bernstein we'll be talking about, <laughs> culminating in the Kansas City Symphony's final. Are you previewing your again. 2018 picks, listening picks? Um, yes. All so, Bernstein all the time. No, but we're gonna we're gonna have several over several. the next couple months. Um, I'll make a note of that. I'll give you variety, people. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, there'll be variety. <laughs> so anyway, um, the piece I'm going to talk that I want to share with you guys is Prelude, Fugue, and Riffs, and it is a very curious creation by Leonard Bernstein. It is scored for essentially solo clarinet, jazz band, so four trumpets, four trombones, uh, five saxophones kind of a, an enlarged percussion section. So in, a, in addition to like the drum set, there's xylophone, vibraphone, timpani, woodblock. Um, but it's, it's you know, Leonard Bernstein was, you know, great conductor, great educator, great composer. Um, but this is truly highly jazz influenced. It was actually going to be written for Woody Herman's big band. And that kind of incarnation of his big band disbanded before Leonard Bernstein got done or finished the work. And, you know, I like so many composers, they just kind of have like, you know, leftover drawers, like, you know, commissions. Right. So it just kind of went into the save for later. Um, and then um, he's like, great, I'm doing Wonderful Town, his musical. And he's like, he pulled it back out and put it in a scene of Wonderful Town. That got cut. <laughs> so it went back in the drawer. And then um, many of you know that he did a television series in the late 50s, early 60s, the Omnibus series. Really, what I would love to have, a half-hour music appreciation show, like Sunday nights. I mean, 
I'm, I, I think I missed my my moment. But <laughs> and so he did one called The World of Jazz. And so he brought that piece out, and that's where they kind of premiered it. But it is a curious hybrid. I don't know, maybe 15 minutes long. Super obviously jazzy. Really cool. Um, and, I mean, how am I going to program a work for clarinet, jazz band, and ex- large percussion? That's just right. not something you don't see done quite a bit. Um, but obviously being a clarinetist and a Leonard Bernstein fan. And um, Benny Goodman did do a great recording of it, although there's many other great recordings. Um, and Benny Goodman's kind of, you know, seminal clarinetist for me as well. Um, all roads picked to the, went to this piece. So here's a little bit of Leonard Bernstein's Prelude, Fugue, and Riffs. Stay tuned. More Bernstein's on the way. Can't wait. All right. <laughs> Food. All right. Um, you know, I'll go first on this one. Okay. Um, I've, I think I've used, as I look back through my list, yeah, I've mentioned Mexican food a few times. <laughs> Just <laughs> a little bit. I don't know if that's, you know, I probably mentioned more off the podcast than I do on. For um, sure. I'm a big fan. He is I, a big fan. I could eat it probably every day. Um, and I recently came across some of the best... I've had in Kansas City, um, and it's a place that's a little bit out of the way for our, us Northlanders. Um, it's in the Lenexa Public Market, which is like 87th and 435 in Lenexa. Um, it's called Red Kitchen, and they do breakfast burritos and tacos, um, but in the which are excellent. Um, but they also make tamales. I'm a big fan of tamales, John. Dude, these are so good. <laughs> so good. They have a uh, they do pulled pork. They do um, uh, brisket, or not brisket, um, chicken. Um, they do the chorizo, um, and they do the uh, I always I always forget the name of it. Um, El Pastor, awesome. They have a vegan one too if you like vegetables. Well, if that's your thing. Um, but the, they do all their salsa stuff. I mean, it's all made from scratch. All the salsas from scratch. It's it just. If you're into tamales, they do Tamale Tuesday, and you can pre-order. So you go down there or go online or whatever and say, like, hey, I need, like, 20 tamales. I'll come pick them up, take them home, heat them up in my house, like, that kind of stuff. Like nice. it's Smart. They've got they've got it down. Um, and if you're into that stuff, I would very highly recommend that you try them out because you, be, you will not be disappointed. They go down easy. <laughs> they go down really easy. <laughs> They're good. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Okay, them. then you better stop talking about it. Um, what about you? Um, so a Kansas City institution. Yes, that I had not been to. So I mean, I had I had to go. I had to go to Town Topic. So I'd never been to Town Topic before, and this is not about the food. And the food's fine. The food's great. It's about the experience, right? Uh, for Town Topic, I would yeah. agree. Um, and uh, it, you know, they, they serve breakfast all day long, all day long, which is great. And they actually have three locations. Um, 
I think one's on a Baltimore, then they have one in Kansas on Mission, but the, the the one is the one on Broadway between 20th and 21st, and that's the one open 24 hours. Right. The, I think the second one, the one on Baltimore, is only open at certain yes. times yeah. to basically handle the overflow yeah. from the original. And, um, you know, there's like 11 seats yeah. in there. And, that's why uh, the second one. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, it, it, it started in 1937, that branch did. Um, and it's like the, the point of the experience, I think, is going back in time. It's a, t- it's a little time machine. Yeah. And actually to a time that predates me, actually. I mean, this is not, this was not my that's upbringing. Yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> um, so, you know, but here's what I thought was interesting when I was kind of reading a little bit about town topics history. Um, the guy who started in 1937 um, worked, well, <laughs> before, he, before he did that, he worked for like in a factory job and they left that and they drove a cab, yellow cab in Kansas City in the, like, this is early 30s. And he got robbed twice. And the second time he got robbed, they took him out to the country, and he thought, that's it, they're going to kill me. So he's like, i got to do something else. <laughs> right across from Yellow Cab, like on 8th and Main or whatever, was White Castle. And he went to work for White Castle. And being from St. Louis, this intrigues me, because that's an institution that right. we are well equated with. And so he, he worked at White Castle for a little while, and then left to start his own restaurant, um, which was different than Town Topic. He had a couple, three or four before Town Topic right. kind of emerged. But if you haven't been, or if it's been a while since you've been, go back. It's great fun. Shakes, pies, burgers, chili, breakfast, everything. Yep. Basically, my <laughs> my main <laughs> diet. <laughs> well, I would say that and Indian food. <laughs> that's right. And I would say you know if there's a if there's a place that you just know what you're gonna get and it's consistent. It's like, oh it's yeah. Like, you know, just like you know. Yeah. You, 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 you know, know. yeah. If you're in the mood for it, you know what you're going to get, and you're going to get it. So, I, so thank you for having this podcast to encourage me to check out Kansas City institutions that I have not yet been to. Well, thank thank you to our listeners for allowing us to That's true. keep going. That's right. So That's true. Um, speaking of, uh, thank, more thank yous. Thank you again to our sponsor, Ad Trend Outdoor. Um, be sure to subscribe and rate us. If you're listening on our website, we appreciate that, but it would be better for us and easier for you if you're listening on uh, uh iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, one of those apps where you can subscribe, get notified of new episodes, and then rate us five stars. Be great. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the Northland Symphony, we'd be love to tell you about it. And you can do that through our mailing list, our email list, both on NorthlandSymphony.org. Um, next time we're interviewing uh, Cindy Svela, who's going to be doing our uh, solo, big solo at our upcoming concert. So you won't want to miss that. Um, and then we've got concert cast coming up after that. So yep. full slate. We're back in the swing. It's good to be back. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.